Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. Hey guys, before I um, get started, I actually asked Suze to um, read us a story um, for a very specific reason. And um, I think it's important that Suze does it because she is a mama. And this story is a, it's a kid's book, but um, when I read it just recently, I, it just brought me to tears because I felt like it was God speaking to me. And so I want to share it with everyone else. And um, from there, we're going to go into uh, sharing the Eucharist together. We are in the process of turning Sundays sideways at Basilea. And this is a, a part of that. I have this book, I read this book, Good Morning, to my um, daughter. And um, if she was here, I wanna bring that little baby in the middle and say like, this is what Jesus did. He like brought a kid in the middle. And he said, be like this. And I think sometimes our lens needs to change so we can be more open. Um, and we, I think a lot of times we, um, we want the church to tell us what we need to know and how we need to see it. Good morning. And um, Basilea, we want to really press into teaching you how to see. How to see. So um, I'm going to read to you hopefully like change our mindset to be open more to um, be more like kids see Jesus like that and the title is wherever you are I wanted you more than you will ever know so I sent love to follow you wherever you go it's as high as you wish it it's as quick as an elf You'll never outgrow it. It stretches itself. So climb any mountain, climb up to the sky. My love will find you. My love can fly. Make a big splash, go out on a limb. My love will find you. My love can swim. It never gets lost, never fades, never ends. If you're working or playing, or sitting with friends. You can dance till you're dizzy, paint till you're blue. There's no place, not one, that my love can't find you. If someday you're lonely or someday you're sad, if you strike out at baseball or think you've been bad, just lift your face and feel the wind in your hair. That's me, my sweet baby. My love is right there. In the green of the grass, in the smell of the sea, in the clouds floating by at the top of the tree, in the sound crickets make at the end of the day, you are loved, you are loved, you are loved, they all say. My love is so high, so wide and so deep, it's always right there, even when you're asleep. So hold your head high and don't be afraid to march to the front of your own parade. If you're still my small babe, 
or you're already grown, my promise to you is you're never alone. You're my angel, my darling, and my star, and my love will find you wherever you are. Pray with me. God, we say thank you for your love. We say thank you for making your love tangible to us through a baby, through Jesus being born. And as we do our best to prepare for Christmas and to remember him, we want to set first things first and remember Jesus as a full-grown human who gave himself up for us on the cross. And we ask that as we take communion together, you would remind us of this incredible sacrifice so that we could know you fully, so that there would be no separation, and so that your love could always find us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's do this. Let's, um, one by one, just come on up. And uh, Susan and I are going to serve the, uh, the cup and the bread, the crackers, gluten-free. Amen. That was fun. <clears throat> so we are celebrating Advent. We are in the second week of Advent, so I'm going to light these candles, actually. This was supposed to be, this is last week. And this is week two. And what we're going to be talking about today, this is going to be, this might be a little interactive. You might have some fun with this. Um, we're going to look at some things together. But first, I wanted to just kind of introduce Advent. Um, you guys know what Advent means? Very good. Yeah. Yeah, so Advent, um, the word actually, if you're a word nerd like me, the word Advent comes from the Latin, which is ad venire, which means to come, basically. So it has to do with arrival and waiting. And um, in terms of the Christmas season, we think of Advent as a time to actually stop and think about the reality that um, Jesus came as a baby and is, he is coming as, our, as the second coming king. So he has come and he is coming. And um, as a point of, I guess, confession, I'm not very good at celebrating Advent. Um, <laughs> maybe as a kid I was because um, I stopped and I had these traditions that I think my, my mom and dad did really great setting up. Maybe you had Advent calendars. I actually went to Linnea's house last night and she has one, which is very cool especially because when you open up the doors, there's chocolate behind each door. 
Alicia tried to steal some from the doors when we were over Linnea's house last night. But it's this thing to look forward to. Every day you open up another door. Even if as a kid you can't really connect with why you're doing this, it's this really nice uh, tradition, right, to open up one door a day until you get to the very last day of Advent. I know some families do a, um, this thing for Advent where they have the nativity scene in the like, little sculptural form, and they move the animals and the shepherds far away from the nativity scene, and every day they travel closer <laughs> to the baby Jesus, and the, the kid has to find where they're moving. I think that's adorable. But um, I'm grateful to be able to share about Advent today, um, mostly because I need it. And I'm not very good at preparing my heart for Christmas. Um, I've found that as uh, the older I get, the more filled the season gets with really fun parties and, you know, things to do. But I'm not very good at actually stopping and allowing uh, the Holy Spirit to interrupt me. And so that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit is um, Jesus as the interrupter. I'm going to write this. And I think this is important. Interrupter. Because the patterns that we set up in our lives, the habits that we form, will we'll either allow Jesus to interrupt us in our daily lives, or we will not be able to be interrupted. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you some stories today. More and more um, in the coming weeks, um, the teaching team, at, in response to some community and family meetings we've had, we're really working to, to do more uh, of telling stories with the word and telling stories from our own life when we are sharing. So bear with us as we kind of figure out how to do this rather than giving maybe traditional sermons. Um, so I'm not, I'm not great at Advent, like I said. I, I tend to be um, in a hurry during this season. But uh, because I was giving this message, I had to actually stop and think about when have I allowed myself to actually uh, be interrupted by the Lord, even this week. And um, as we went through some of the lectionary readings that we, we read during uh, worship from Isaiah 11 and Psalm 72 and Matthew 3, one of the themes in all of those passages is um, the idea that we have to prepare for Jesus to come, that there's some kind of preparation. And part of that preparation has to do with uh, returning, or in other words, um, getting comfortable with repentance. So I'm going to write this word down. And the reason I think this is important, I'm going to put re. Yeah, good question, Wendy. I'm going to talk about that. So 
So I'm going to talk about this in my own life a little bit. So for me in this Advent season, learning and even just taking a little bit of time to uh, turn my heart back to God, even in just very short moments of, of time during the day, has really um, kind of wrecked me. Honestly, this week, even today, when I've stopped to allow the Lord um, just through everyday occurrences to interrupt me, this is when I've seen him the most, and it's happened by way of me having to repent. In other words, to turn from one thing and to turn around towards another. So here's an example of how um, I had to do that very thing, actually even just this morning. Because I think that our practice of repentance will actually mark our life in God. It will actually set ourselves on a course that we can keep coming back to almost like a, um, a reflex. And to the extent that we have these habits in our life, um, I think that will allow us to let Jesus interrupt us. So this morning I was getting gas. A bad habit I have is letting my gas tank go all the way to the end. <laughs> and to the point where I'm, I'm sure AAA is going to need to bail me out one of these days. And I went to get gas, and um, this, this lady came over. She might have been homeless. I'm not really sure if she was or not. She was asking me for money. And um, it was clear that she, she was in need. And I, I just very quickly said, I don't have money, sorry. And it was sort of this, I don't have time for you, is really what I was saying. And I finished pumping my gas, and I went, oh, the... Holy Spirit went, really? Really, you don't, you don't have time? Really, you don't have money? <laughs> you, don't have, you can't help this lady? And so I turned away from that, I don't have time for you posture and kind of reluctantly, but it felt good. <laughs> I walked across the parking lot after everyone else had turned her away too and I just said, um, hey, I, I really don't have cash right now, but um, can I get you breakfast? And she said, no, thanks. Um, but instead of us having like this transaction thing where I was giving something to her, her eyes lit up because I just started asking her about her life and what, where she lived. And all of a sudden her eyes lit up and I thought, oh, I almost miss Jesus today because I saw Jesus in her. And I almost missed the chance to be interrupted I was really close, honestly, guys. And I walked away from that going, wow, I thought that that was, I thought that was about me giving something, but it was really about me receiving and being humbled, right? So that's a really tiny example. So let me give you another example. Um, as a, a sidebar, we have this uh, Wednesday morning Bible study that we started doing um, this past season, we went through Hosea uh, for 12 weeks on Wednesday mornings, and it was a blast, and we're going to continue it soon, um, starting this week. We're going to go through the rest of the Minor Prophets. We're going to go through the rest of the Book of the Twelve, as we call it, so 11 more little books. And <clears throat> I'm going to be going through um, 
Joel very soon. And there is this one section of Joel, which is a tiny book in the Old Testament. You could read it in probably 20 minutes if you wanted to. And in chapter 2, there's a, uh, a really significant word from God to the people. And I'm going to have Mason put it up here. I'm going to read it to you. It says, Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. And I, I read that and got a little stuck there as I was preparing for this message. I think I got stuck there because it feels like the Lord wants to remind us that returning to him, this, this motion of return, we have to do over and over and over again. And it's almost like we have to establish habits in our life to actually do this consistently. Otherwise, I promise you, you won't. And the more we return to him in very practical ways, specifically uh, being willing to be interrupted, for one, and in other ways, returning to him and saying, I'm sorry, and turning from what we know we shouldn't be doing, kind of like I did this morning, we're going to get to experience his character as he envelops us. Because his character is full of graciousness, mercy, compassion, and steadfast love. And I'm convinced that as we prepare our hearts in this way for Christmas, we're going to see more of the real Jesus. So let me tell you another story of how um, I've tried to do this in my daily life. I'm really not great at it. It's one of the reasons why I'm sure I'm, the Lord has me sharing today. But I try to make repentance and um, really confessing to the Lord a daily habit in, by kind of hacking my habits. And I say hacking because it's almost like I have to trick myself into remembering to do these things. But here's one thing that you can do that I do. So um, I'm, I'm really not amazing at household chores, as my housemates will attest, Alicia. But one thing I actually really like doing is taking the trash out. The reason is, when I was a teenager, I worked at this Young Life camp where my job was to take the trash out all the time. And I got this idea, it had to be from the Lord because it doesn't make any sense otherwise, that when I take the trash out, I should confess my sins to him because it's a really nice reminder of what confession is. And so I don't always do this, but there's one practical way that you could make a rhythm out of returning to the Lord and repentance is that every time you take the trash out, ask the Holy Spirit to highlight Oh, Lord, show me what, what do I need to re return to you on? <laughs> Where do I need to turn? It might be big, it might be small. 
Here's another story I want to tell you. Every once in a while, Jesus will interrupt me um, when I'm taking a shower. Now, I don't know, maybe it's another metaphor of like being naked, or I don't know what it is, of just not having anything to hide. But just recently, um, I was taking a shower and nobody else was home. And I started um, just kind of saying aloud to God the things I was angry about. And as I was being really honest, I started crying and I realized, oh, there's something here. And as I cried, as I still cry, I feel like God is cleansing something in me where I've held on to it, right? And that should be the fruit, one of the fruits of repentance. I said in Matthew, John the Baptist came saying, produce fruit keeping with repentance. So there should be fruit that comes out of our repentance. And this is part of the vision that Basileia has to partner with God in restoring wholeness to all things. Guys, repentance is a very large part of that. And what's amazing is that I really believe that as we get serious about returning to God with our whole heart, like it says in Joel, returning and returning and returning, and we make repentance a habit as a family, we're going to see a lot more healing. You know how I know that? It's a promise in James It says in James 5.16, confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. So it's uncomfortable. It's actually extremely difficult because it's a lot easier to confess to God in the shower when you're all alone. But as we get more comfortable confessing to one another, we're going to see healing. We're going to see more emotional healing and physical healing. I think we're going to see how we're all tied together. So the Lord says, return to me. I was going to do something else now, but instead, um, can everybody stand? Here's what we're going to do. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to come like a searchlight right now. Open up your hands if you don't mind in a posture of receiving and also saying, I do want to return to you, God. Holy Spirit, would you, would you come in greater measure? Would you show us specifically where we need to return to you?
Father, would you cover over us with all of your wonderful parental love as a perfect parent, the kind of parent that we all needed, and remind us that we can trust you. I feel like um, the Lord is saying to some of us, it's okay, you're safe. And Holy Spirit, would you also give us a tangible, specific idea for how we can allow you to interrupt us, Jesus? What does that mean? What does that mean for you today? Wait on God. Silence is a really sweet thing. <laughs>